We continue our daily Bible reading on this Friday as we are in Genesis chapter 12. Um, and what we see here is, is God beginning to narrow down the line of the Messiah and who he's going to come through. If you remember what family is going to come through. If you remember back in chapter 11, we get the genealogy of Shem. So there's the third, one of the son, one of the three sons of, of uh, Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Now we're, now we're willing it down to the line of Shem. And then from Shem at the end of chapter 11, we whittle it down to Shem's son, Terah, who gives birth to three boys. And those boys are Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. And now we narrow it down to Abraham, where God uh, brings this line down to come through uh, through the family of now Abraham. And here's the call of God to Abraham to be faithful to him, to listen to him, to trust him, that God is going to do a, a great work through his uh, through his life. So it says, now the Lord said to Abram, go. So here's God's call to him to go from his homeland, to go from a, go to a place he'd never been to before. This is going to take faith on Abraham's part to trust God that God really is the God that he promised himself to be, that he really does know what his future is, that he really is directing him. And Abraham becomes an example to all of us of what faith is all about anyway. Um, think of all the promises of God to us. God promises heaven to us. We've never seen that. We've never been that, but yet we believe him. God promised that he sent his son for us, at least this side of the cross. He promises to us that he sent his son into the world, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead. You and I weren't there. We didn't see that, but yet we believe that because we trust God. We believe God's promises. We've seen his work in our lives, and we've learned to trust him. So God's calling Abraham now, just at the beginning here, to recognize him as the true God. If you remember, up to this point in Genesis, we've got people worshiping all kinds of gods out here, um, and uh, none of them the true God. And now God is showing himself to Abraham that he is the true God and that he can trust him. And here's the promise that God makes to him. And this is quite a promise. This is going to take faith. It says, verse 2, and I will make you a great nation. Now, wait a second. Go back in chapter 11 and look back at verse 30. God's going to promise Abraham he's going to become a great nation. But the problem is Sarah is barren. She's had no children. She has no children. We're going to learn here in a minute that, that uh, in a second here, that Abraham is 75 years old here. We're getting up in age here. The clock is tick, tick, ticking. There's no way that this can happen. Um, and you know the rest of the story because you all went to Sunday school. You know how old Sarah was and Abraham was when they had uh, Isaac, but, but back to where we're at. But God's calling him to faith, to believe him. And then he makes this incredible promise. Not only will I make you a great nation. Now, there have been other great nations up to that point. There would be other great nations too, but we know how great nations go on this earth. They rise and they fall. But look at what God says, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Also, I will bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. In other words, I will protect you. I will watch over you. I will make sure that nation is going to happen. And then he says this, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, that's something that can be said to absolutely no one except the one that God designates. And the one that would come from the line of Abraham would truly be a blessing to all nations. John 3.16, Jesus would say, For God so loved the world that whoever from all nations, no matter where they came from, believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Has to be a promise about Jesus. And we know from the Gospels, from Matthew especially, that Matthew traces Jesus' ancestry back to whom? 
to Abraham. There's God fulfilling the promise. But here's the thing. Faith not only believes, but faith acts. Take a look at James in the New Testament. A faith of that works, James says, is not really faith. So what does Abram do? Verse 4, the first three words there say a ton. So Abram went. He went, why? Because the Lord told him to go, and he listened to him. And here we find out that Abraham was 75 years old. Now, Abraham is going to travel all the way to that land that God had promised um, in Canaan, where he was going to give to his people. And Abraham travels to Canaan. Verse 7 says, and the Lord appeared to him again. God makes his presence known. He's made his presence known to you. That's why you believe in him. That's why you were baptized, and that's why you come to church, and that's why you have faith in him, because God has showed up for you, um, and he appears to us. And he, he makes the promise again. He says, to your offspring, I will give this land. And Abraham responds again in faith. This is what faith does. It doesn't just say, oh, I believe, but there's action involved. So Abraham built an altar there. And what's an altar for? An altar there is to offer praise and worship to God, to offer sacrifice to God, principally the sacrifice of our lives. Think of what Abraham's doing here. He's trusting God to go where God tells him to go, and he doesn't know for sure where that's going to be. There's no GPS here. There's no map here. Um, and yet that's what God calls us to do every single day, to trust him. We don't know what tomorrow is, but he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today is enough trouble of its own. Words of Jesus, trust me and go out and step out in faith. And so what's Abram do? He worships him. He builds an altar there, verse 9 there, and he called upon the name of the Lord. Now, if you remember back in chapter 4, verse 26, the end of Genesis 4, 26, it says, finally now, after the fall into sin, after the, the, the uh, turmoil between Cain and Abel, after the craziness of what happens after that, it says, finally, people started to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, Adam and Eve did too, and Seth is born there. But you and I have called upon the name of the Lord. We've come to him in faith. We pray to him. We come and we look to him. Uh, we hear, uh, hear about him in, in the word of God. Uh, we know him in our baptism. We come to the Lord's Supper. And Abraham call, Abraham here now calls on the name of the Lord. And then he journeys on. And we journey on too in our life. And here comes one of the tests of faith that Abraham gets. Because from an earthly perspective, he goes into Egypt. Egypt is a power at that time. Abraham's thinking, the king's going to want to take my life. She's a beautiful woman. She's had no children yet. And Abraham forgets about his faith in God and the promise that God gave to him. Go figure. We do it every day, don't we? We forget about the promises that God gave to us. We go out on our own. We think logically from a human perspective and forget that God is beyond more powerful than all of our logic, more powerful than anyone, more powerful than any enemy, and we trust him. And here's here's a first example of Abraham, where Abraham has his struggle and, and uh, where he's where he's really challenged in faith, and he doesn't do very well, and yet God is going to remain faithful to him, and he protects him, and especially protects the line of the Messiah. Oh my gosh, if Pharaoh would have taken him and taken uh, Sarah, and Abraham would have lost him, uh, we could have lost the Messiah there, but God's not going to let that happen. He is always, always faithful to you, so we learn to trust him. So one more chapter this week uh, in Genesis as we can turn, continue to learn the beginning of things, which tells us so much about where we are right now and what we have to look forward to. God bless you.